I'd like to take a minute to um, just pray and commit our time to the Lord. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we can sing hymns like that to know that we have that moment-by-moment relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, it's one of the great privileges of being saved. And Father, we pray that as we open the word tonight, that if there's a challenge that we need, I pray that it will be your Holy Spirit that applies that to the heart of those who need it. And we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Now, I am starting a new series tonight, and I've not asked you to turn to your Bibles yet, because I thought I would start or introduce the subject of my new series by um, having a who am I? Who am I? I'm going to give you five clues, uh, and uh, you can see if you can guess who am I. Now... I think I told Dave Duffy at college on Friday, so he's going to stand in a moment and just make sure that uh, see who gives the answer, the right answer, because I can't always see and hear properly. <coughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Hope you remember something that I teach him at college. Uh, anyway, this is, the, this is the way it'll be. You, you feel free to call out at any time if you think you know the answer, but you only get one chance to call out okay if you have called out and it's not the answer then uh, you don't get another chance and uh, the person who gets it wins the chocolate okay the milky way if two people get it at the same time i've got two milky ways (laughs) now um also you're not allowed to cheat not allowed to look up your bible any device you know an app where i give a name or something oh quick 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 all bibles closed all apps closed just to see there's only five clues So let's see who can guess who will be the subject of my series. You ready, Dave? He can't even remember, but anyway. (laughs) My first clue is this. I was born into one of the royal families of Israel. That's pretty broad, isn't it? But it sort of narrows it down. I was born into one of the royal families of Israel. Uh, Clue two. My father's name was Abijam, and my mother's name was Mayaka. Mayaka, sorry. My father's name was Abijam, and my mother's name was Mayaka. Has anybody got it? Not familiar names, obviously. All right, third clue. I ruled over just two of the tribes of Israel. I ruled over just two of the tribes of Israel. Anybody want to give it a go? No. Fourth clue. I was considered one of the good kings. Now, there were some good kings. And even from Milky Way. Yes, Sarah, who do you reckon? Uh, no. That's her, that's her go. Anyone else want to have a go? The last clue will give it away. So this is your, yes? Josiah. No, it's not Josiah. (laughs) But I can see why you think that. He's such a good kid. All right, this clue will give it away. So, Dave, are you ready? Uh, See who got, well, the first two. The fifth clue is, although my rule was long, my name was short. I said to yell out. 
Asa and Asa. Did you say Asa or Asa? Asa. Did you mean Asa? Okay. <laughs> Here, Dave, can you give it to those two very learned? Asa, yes. Anyway, hopefully you're awake. And uh, <coughs> the last clue I thought I knew would give it away, but uh, so thank you for, uh, for you know, being involved in this very deep quiz this evening. Now, uh, so m my new series is on Asa, the, who was one of the kings of Judah. And so if you'd like to turn now in your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 14, I'd like to read... Second Chronicles chapter 14, 1 to 4. So, Abijah, chapter 14, verse 1, reading to verse 4. Second Chronicles 14, 1. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in his stead. In his days, the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and broke down the images and cut down the graves. And commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. What we read here of the beginning of Asa's reign sounds very, very promising. And there are some notif notable features that I'd like to just point you to, to this evening in this description right at the beginning when we learn about his reign. I want you to notice uh, where it says in uh, verse, uh, um, verse 2 uh, where it says that the Lord was his God. The Lord is Jehovah, capital L-O-R-D, capital L, capital L, all the letters. Uh, letters are, are the capitals, so that's a reference to Jehovah. And here we read that Jehovah is described as his God. Asa's God was Jehovah. Now this is significant because the king of the other Israel, the northern kingdom, had a, a very different persuasion. First uh, Kings 15.9 says, And in the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, reigned Asa, over Judah. And so Asa came to the throne of Judah uh, when Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, was the king of the northern kingdom. Asa, Asa was the, the king of the southern kingdom of Judah, while Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, was the king of the northern kingdom. And if you were to, 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 to try to, if you were to ask uh, what was the measure of wickedness or evil uh, for any of the kings, you would say Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. This is the Jeroboam who set up, as you know, two idols in the shape of calves, one up in the north of his kingdom, one down the south of his kingdom. He set up these uh, two uh, calves and he told the ten northern tribes these were their gods. These are your gods. And he established a, a, a false priesthood from some, some vagabond people and he invented uh, their own rituals and their own festivals in the worship of these so-called gods. And because of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat's actions, none, as you know, none of the kings of Israel would ever serve the Lord. Not one of those northern kings would ever 
served the Lord. And even some of the kings of Judah would in time succumb to the idolatry of Israel. He was a very wicked man who had a, uh, he had a plan. He was concerned uh, that his subjects in the northern kingdom would travel down to Judah, to the temple, and he, didn't, and he didn't want his people down in Judah. He didn't want them going to worship the Lord in the temple in the southern kingdom, and so he set up his own false religion. But for King Asa, the Lord was his God. And it seems everything he did, and that we read of here, flowed from the fact that the Lord was his God. And friends, if the Lord Jesus Christ is our God, and we know he is the true God, then everything we do in this life should flow from that, that he is our God. Jesus told us in Matthew 6, 33, and seek ye first the kingdom of God, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We are to seek the Lord first. And so I hope the Lord is your God and I hope that you seek him first because if that's true, then all of the decisions that you make in life should be based on his will. If the Lord is your God and you're putting him first, everything you decide in life should flow from him being your God. Where you live, how you live, who you marry, who you serve, everything should begin with Jesus if he's your God. And I hope that he is your God and you are letting him rule your decisions. The Lord was Asa's God and that would account for him, what we read here, doing right in the, in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 2, and Asa did right, good and right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. And this would account for him also, verse 4, commanding Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and commandments because Jehovah was his God what flowed from that was that he did good and right in the eyes of the Lord and he he commanded his people to seek the Lord so that's the first thing that I want us to note about Asa in this in this description that the Lord was his God there are a few other notable points here uh, and they are that when Asa came to power there was peace in the land, it says in verse 1, in his days the land was quiet 10 years. So uh, I think he inherited that peace. That wasn't because of what he did, it was what he inherited. He, he inherited peace in the land, but on the other side, there were idols being uh, worshipped because when he came to power, we read in verse 3, for he took away the idols of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the grove, so that when he came to power, uh, yes, there was peace in the land, but there was also idolatry. So how was it that when Asa came to reign, the Lord was his personal God? And how was it there was peace and idolatry in the land? Well, to explain these facts, we need to trace two aspects of Asa's background. And I'm only going to look at the first tonight. We need to trace his family lineage and we need to trace his father's legacy. And tonight I just want us to look at his family lineage. And this will account for why he was, he, God, the Lord was his personal God. And so let's go to First Chronicles chapter 
3, 1 Chronicles chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, to the genealogies of Israel. 1 Chronicles chapter 3, chapter, uh, verses 10, uh, 9 and 10. <clears throat> Here we'll find Asen mentioned in one of the genealogies. These were all the sons of David, and there were a lot. Besides the sons of the concubines and Tamar, their sister. So we're starting here with David. This is a part of David's, King David's uh, genealogy. And there we read in verse 10, and Solomon's son was Rehoboam, Abiah his son, Asa his son, Jehoshaphat his son. And so here we read which family Asa belonged to. And it was an illustrious lineage. It was a royal lineage. He was in the line of King David. David's son was Solomon and Solomon's son was Rehoboam and his son was Abiah and his son was Asa and Asa would eventually father good King Jehoshaphat. Now, Abiah here is called Abijam in Kings. That was one of my clues, actually. Abijam in Kings, and he's called Abijah in Chronicles. And here in the genealogy, he's just called Abiah. It's the same person. Abijam in Kings, Abijah in Chronicles, and Abiah here. That was, um, he was uh, Asa's father. So Asa had the privilege of being born into the royal line of David. Uh, this was the line of, of Solomon and Rehoboam, the line of Judah, through which one day the Messiah would come. Judah, David, Solomon, Asa, the Messiah. One day out of Asa's family line, King Jesus would be born. It's an illustrious royal lineage into which he was born. And because of that, Asa also got to live and reign in Jerusalem, the city that God had chosen for his own. And we could show you a verse or two on that, that God had chosen Zion, the city of God. So he got to live in the, the city that God chose for his own. He got to live in Jerusalem and he got to reign in Jerusalem. And he got to live in the, the grand palace that Solomon had built. And as he looked out of his house, I'm sure, uh, he could see... Solomon's temple, one of the, the wonders of the ancient world, the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was, would have been resplendent in all of its beauty. Solomon was his great-grandfather. David was his great-great-grandfather. Asa was born into a privileged life and had every opportunity to know the Lord. Think about it. Every opportunity. David he had the law, he had the temple, he had the Aaronic priesthood. He had every opportunity to know the Lord. And, you know, some people are like Asa. They have the privilege of being born not into a royal <laughs> lineage, but into a Christian home. Um, this made me think of what the privilege it is to be born into a, a, a Christian home. And people who are born into a Christian home uh, can sometimes trot out a lineage, a godly lineage into which they were born. And so these people who've been born into a Christian home and could perhaps trot out a godly lineage as their own lineage, they have had every opportunity to be saved and know the Lord. 
Now, I'm one of those people who was born into a Christian home and I, I don't know what a privilege I've had. I'm David, the son of Graham, the son of Spencer. Did you know that? None of us like that name. Uh, we're not sure who Spencer's father was, but I'm David, the son of Graham, the son of Spencer. Now, it's not as illustrious as, as Asa's lineage, <laughs> but it still provided me with an advantage others, some of you here, didn't have. I had the advantage of being born into a Christian home of a person who'd been born into a Christian home. Being a, a pastor's son, from birth I grew up being told about God and knowing about the Lord Jesus. The Bible was the final authority in our house and church was our second home. Being a Methodist minister's son, we were usually close to the church. At Nelson Bay, we, we, we just have to walk up the front gate and look over on the corner and there was the church. <laughs> At Brankston, we lived in the manse and just had to walk down this private lane and, and there was the church, the private lane all the way to the church. At Wagga, we live, live, even lived next door to the church. We just had to jump over the fence and we were at church. And at Beshan, when we walked out on our front porch, we could see the church. It was just about 100 metres away. We were always last to church, by the way, even though we were the closest. And it was in that church at Beshan that I first responded to the gospel and was saved age seven. And it was there many years later I was baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Like Asa, I had the privilege of a family lineage that made it easy for me to know the Lord and to make him my God. Some of you have had that privilege too. But even though I had that privileged upbringing, I still had to choose for myself who I would follow. Asa had the privilege of being in the line of good King David, but he still had to choose which way he would go. He had the positive example of David, but he also had the negative example of his, of his grandfather, Rehoboam. And so let's have a look at these two examples in his life, okay? The two sort of examples that were calling for him to follow. Have a look in David's example in 1 Kings 15. Let's go back to 1 Kings 15 and verse 5. What was the, David's example? His great-great-grandfather, 1 Kings 15 and verse 5. I'm just taking a verse out of, out of the context, but it really it's, uh, tells the story. Because David, there he is, did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him and all the, him all the days of his life, save only in the matter of Uriah, the Hittite. Asa was in the line of David, who was his great-great-grandfather, who did right in the eyes of the Lord. And David's testimony, this, this is God's word, this is, God, this is, this is what God has, has written down about David, was that he turned not aside from anything that God commanded him all the days of his life. Wouldn't that be a blessing if that was written about us? Except for one matter, it was a serious matter. And, uh, but obviously he was a man after God's own heart. He did right in the eyes of the Lord and he turned not aside from anything that God had told him to do. Now I wonder if Asa had read 
any of David's psalms. Think about it. I wonder if you'd read about David's history and how David had followed the Lord even when his life was in danger. I wonder if he knew about the details about David's life and, 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 and his faith. I'd assume that he would. Surely Asa would have been aware of David's godly example. But he would also have been equally aware of his grandfather's bad example. Have a look in 2 Chronicles chapter 12. 2 Chronicles chapter 12. And verse 1. Just a summary, really. And it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself, he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. Rehoboam was Asa's grandfather. And when Rehoboam was strong, he forsook the law of the Lord and he took the nation with him. Have a look back in 1 Kings chapter 14. I know we're sending you around the place, but it keeps us awake. 1 Kings chapter, 20, 14, chapter 14, verse 21, we get a bit, uh, some of the detail about what Rehoboam did when he forsook the law of the Lord. 1 Kings 21 to 31. 1 Kings 14, 21. And Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah, Rehoboam was 40 and years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord did choose out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. And his mother's name was Neymar, and he probably explains some of the reason for, uh, for what, he, what he chose to do. His, his mother was an Ammonites, and they followed other gods. Thank you, uh, thank you, Solomon. Anyway, and Judah did evil in his reign, in the sight of the Lord. And they provoked him to jealousy with their sins, which they had committed above all that their fathers had done. This is in Judah, under Rehoboam. For they also built them high places and images and groves and every high hill and under every green tree. And there were also sodomites in the land. And they did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. And it came to pass in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shishak, the king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem. And he took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He even took away all. And he took away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. And King Rehoboam made their, in their stead brass shields and committed them into the hands of the chief of the guards which kept the door of the king's house. And it was so when the king went into the house of the Lord that the guard bare them and brought them back into the guard chamber. And so he tried to sort of make it look good, but it was significantly less uh, uh, impressive. Now the rest of the acts of Rehoboam and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? And there was war between Rehoboam and Jeroboam all their days. And Rehoboam slept with his fathers and was buried in, with his fathers in the city of David. And his mother's name was Neymar and Ammonites. And Abijam, his son, reigned in his stead. And so here we see the other example that uh, Asa had in his life. He had his great-great-grandfather's example of doing right and following the Lord. And he had the example of his grandfather 
who forsook the law and brought all these evil things into Judah. Now, even though, you see, he had the privilege of being in, in godly David's line, he could still choose to go his grandfather's way. It wasn't sort of a foregone conclusion because he was just David's great-grandson. He had to choose himself. He had these, these examples, one for right and one for wrong. Would he follow like the Lord like David or would he forsake the Lord like Rehoboam? Well, we're glad that he took advantage of his privileged upbringing. 1 Kings 15 verse 9 left him no doubt about which, what the decision he made and which path he chose to tread. 1 uh, Kings 15.9, and in the 20th year of Jeroboam, king, king of Israel, uh, uh, reigned Asa over Judah. And 40 and one years reigned he in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Maacah, the daughter of Abishalom. And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did his David, his father. He had the example of David doing right, following the Lord, or the example of his grandfather forsaking the Lord. And he chose to follow David, the example of David. And you know, there's an application here for those of us who have been born into a Christian family. It doesn't guarantee that we will go on and follow the Lord. But I could definitely be speaking to the young people here who, you know, your mum and dad bring you to church. They might even make you come to Christian school. Um, it's certainly an application to the young people. There's an application to the teenagers, an application to the young adults. So anyone who's been born into a Christian family, you know, we all have to inevitably, inevitably choose who we will follow. Our parents can't do that for us. Some people who grow up in a Christian home are who are made to go to church all their life and then perhaps go through all the various ministries. Some of these people can become hard of the gospel. And, even, and I, when I'm sharing something at school or sharing something uh, in one way uh, and, and, and you, you share something about the Lord and how he died for us and it's like as soon as it's over, it's, it's a corn. Didn't, didn't strike any chord in that child's heart even though they've been grown up in a Christian home with a Christian lineage. They, they, they know everything that you can tell them about the Bible but it hasn't reached their hearts. They've had the privilege many don't have of a Christian upbringing but, but when they go off to university or into the workplace the world and the flesh draw them away from the Lord and they have to choose you will have to choose young people they have to choose who they will follow and sadly many with this privileged upbringing forsake the Lord. And those who've had to, to grow up in an unsaved environment, who've had to suffer the, all the terrible things that sin can bring into a family, they just can't believe it that people would forsake that upbringing to follow the world. But it happens. So what do we need to do about that Christian parents while we still have our children at home? Well, we need to be tending to the hearts of our children. We need to be tending to the hearts of our children. Sometimes we focus on their behaviour and not on their hearts. And we can make them attend meetings, we can make them be a part of a ministry, but, but we, we, we can miss on shepherding 
their heart. We need prayer and we need to have a shepherd's heart to win our children to the Lord. I was raised in a Christian home with a Christian heritage. My father was a pastor, but I would have to say that my mother's example and a love for me and concern for me, just of those times it was just her and me, she won me to the Lord. And that's the opportunity we have as Christian parents. It's a blessing to be able to bring our children to church and to have them in ministry, but the main responsibility to win our children to the Lord is yours, Dad. It's yours, Mum. And, and really, you've only got them for a short time. I don't have any children at home anymore. They're all gone. But praise the Lord, they've all chosen to follow the Lord. And so we have to, while we do have them, shepherd their hearts. Give them an example at home that will win them to the Lord. We all have to make that choice to follow the Lord or forsake him so, young people. What will you do? Do you ever sense, young people, that your heart is hard? Can't wait to get that sermon over, get out there and play. Can't, you know, Pastor Crockett's always banging on at toffs about this. I'd rather just want to play the games. If you sense your heart is getting hard, you need to be careful because one day you won't have the protection of your Christian home and family. You'll be out there in the world and the devil will have you for breakfast. You have to watch your own hearts, guard your own hearts, children, and make sure that they're not getting hard to the Lord. Asa had two opposing examples in his own family. And maybe that's what some of you face as well. Mum loves the Lord, but Dad isn't saved. Mum and Dad aren't saved, but your, your grandparents are. Or Mum is saved and faithful to church, but Dad says he's saved, but church isn't a priority, and we've seen that, haven't we, over the years? Two different examples to follow. Which one will you follow? But whatever the examples we have in our life, we, we still all have to choose. We can't blame Mum. We can't blame Dad. We can't trust them to, to, and live off their faith. We all have to choose to either follow the Lord or forsake the Lord. You see, it's not about following another person. It's all about the Lord. The Lord was Asa's God. He made that choice despite the example of his grandfather. And as we'll see, the example of his own father. He chose to make the Lord his God. And I trust that we all make that choice. Asa followed the godly lineage of David and it showed in his reign as king. That's why he's, he's one of the good kings of Israel. That's why what he put into his reign um, had eternal consequences for his people. And this would explain how he come, the Lord had, had, he had made the Lord his God. It's because of that family lineage and why he commanded his subjects to seek the Lord. But the other thing I pointed out was, how was there peace in Judah and idolatry? When he came to the throne, sure, they had quite that peace. But why were the idols still in the land? Well, next time I'll explain that that's, that came out of his father's legacy. We've seen his family lineage. And next time we'll see his father's leg leg legacy. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the example of Asa, good King Asa.
We thank you, Lord, that when he came to power, he really was a man who had power. He was a king. He could have done whatever he wanted. And yet he chose to follow not his father, not his grandfather, but his great-great-grandfather, David. We thank you, Lord, that he was not going to turn away from that wonderful example that David set. And I pray that, Father, for these young people here who are a part of a Christian family, who've had that wonderful opportunity to have a Christian upbringing, I pray that each child, each teenager, each young person will choose to listen to your word, not to have a hard heart and to obey your word and not listen to the voices of those around them who would draw them away. I pray for each child that even now, before they go out into the world and away from the family, that they will choose to follow you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.